0: those bones, I've chewed that, you know, all that riff riffraff that's in my mind. And you sift down to like, okay, all right, I'm hearing that, I'm thinking that, I felt that. But really, really, what is that sort of bedrock of what do I need to do? What today or what is my priority? Let me let all that stuff filter away. Now what?
1: I'm Allison Hare, and welcome to Culture Changers, the podcast that brings you unconventional wisdom by uncommon people. Together, we are shattering old paradigms to reshape our world and inviting you to make your own mark. With the advent of social media, we all have the power to broadcast our point of view, whether or not we've taken the time to really think things through. But what is it like to see life through the lens of an editor and a writer? someone who can mold and shape the culture through their words and curating ideas into a powerful narrative. My guest today is Ann Alexander. She is a two-time New York Times best-selling author, former editor of Mindful Magazine and National Geographic, among others, brand strategist and founder of the upcoming new medium Soul Candy. A friend had forwarded me Anne's editor's letter to Mindful and said, Allison, she writes like you, and I could see it too. Her writing was real, it was raw, honest, and she was so insightful. And what I found in our conversation was someone who had spent her life critically thinking and considering points of view around wellness and alternative health and mindfulness, and how to use these tools to navigate finding your own purpose. So this is a juicy episode, so I want you to think of two or three friends who might be really into new and innovative ideas and leveling up and share this episode with them right now. And before we jump into our chat, please take a moment to go to the show notes and connect with me on the socials and sign up for my blog at allisonhair.com. I'd love to hear what you liked about the show and what you'd be interested to hear in the future. Also, if you know of any kick-ass culture changers that are pushing back on the status quo and making the world better in a new way, I wanna know them. I wanna have them on the show. Text me at 470-242-6311. You can also chat with me in the live chat on this app. Okay, here is my chat with Ann Alexander of Soul Candy. You have an incredible storied background, and I use that punnily, (laughs) storied background, as a writer, as an editor, as a brand strategist for some of the biggest names out there. And you're going through a really, really big transition to something potentially even better and maybe more in line with who you are, if I'm, I'm reading in between the lines here. So please, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about your background. I'm so thrilled to have you
0: on. Well, Allison, thank you very much for having me. Um, you know, Culture Changers is what an incredible platform. I mean, I've looked at the people that you've had and I've listened to your podcast, and you, you're you making your mark and you're helping other people make their mark. So thank, thank you. It's an honor and a delight to be here. And yeah, you wrote and your friend sort of prompted you to reach out at a really pivotal time. Um, yeah, I've been blessed. I mean, I've had an amazing, wonderful career so far. And yeah, I'm going through my own sort of transition of launching my own brand that is, you know, 100% kind of coming from within and it's called Soul Candy and it's going to be long form uh, video interviews and, and podcasts. And yeah, I mean, I've been very, very lucky. I've had a great career. And and in some ways I think Soul Candy will pull together a lot of the different threads that have kind of gone throughout my career. I mean, I started as an editor in chief at Natural Health, you know, interviewing Deepak Chopra and Dr. Andrew Weil and Kristen Northrop, and really kind of pushing those boundaries of alternative health and sort of just kind of that. I, I mean, I love going out on the edge of like you know any kind of new frontier in healing, new frontier in psychology, and I just like to talk to the experts that are kind of right there and sort of say. You know, tell me what's going on, and also what can I, as a user, benefit from that. So, yeah, I've been in natural health and prevention. I've been at National Geographic, AOL, AARP. I mean, just like an amazing array of of things and places. So, yeah, I hope to be able to take some of those skills in terms of you know tracking down who knows something that's interesting and has a story to tell, and then kind of peeling back the layers in terms of what what can I learn here, what can what can listeners learn here.
1: I actually started getting chills because I feel like a kindred spirit happening because I'm like, did I just say that? No, no, it was Anne. She just said that. And what I think is interesting too, especially in this pivotal time, so obviously we are in the midst of a global pandemic. And one of the things that I've heard from my audience is that they feel like through this time, I as my audience, I feel like I have changed and evolved, but my work hasn't and there might be a bigger mark there. And I wonder if that has kind of prompted you to go out in this new frontier. And what I what I noticed is that that's been around the soul candy idea for 2016. So this must have been ruminating or bubbling in you for a long time. So tell me your thoughts about that evolution.
0: Well, Allison, you do your homework. Um yeah, soul candy actually came to me and it's it's just it's almost embarrassing to admit. Um, it came to me like five years ago. And it's been bubbling. And I almost think of it almost kind of like a satellite that's kind of like been been beaming messages to me, you know, and it's kind of in some ways, it's been positive, because it's sort of like been this sort of thing that I have wanted to pursue. And it's haunted me at times sort of saying, you know, you're not doing it, you're not moving towards me, what are you doing? And I think you know, as creative people, you know, sometimes it's almost like there's this, I always think of it almost as like these entities that exist within you. And sometimes I, I think of them as almost like, remember when I was a long time ago, I was a rower and we would row on the Potomac and it would be really dark. And so we would be out on the Potomac river And there's the national um, airport there. And so you could see these airplanes lined up and the airplanes would line up like and they would land every 30 seconds. So when you were on the river at night, you could see these airplanes just lining up light after light after light. And in some ways, I feel like creative people were, were kind of like that. You know, these things are circling and they have to kind of come in for a landing. So in some ways, you know, soul candy has been out there percolating and I've, you know, I've chastised myself like, Oh my God, you're so slow. What's taking you so long? You know, come on, get with it. Um, And I also think in some ways when I had the idea five years ago, it just wasn't time. And I look back now and I think, Oh man, I had, I had just like acres and oodles of pain to go through in order for me to come out now on this other side and to sort of be almost like encouraging people to say, you know, you can do it, go for it. There's always, they're like soul candy is in some ways this sort of voice that says you can do it. You've got something inside of you that you can give birth to. And, you know, I've been doing this for years in some ways, you know, I've written the two books that I wrote were on um, weight loss And in some ways, weight loss is a metaphor, right? It's like, what do you need to let go of in order for your real self, that self that you see inside of you to emerge? And so if, you know, you I can say, you know, you can read these weight loss books on any level, you know, and you can read it like, oh, it's just a practical manual and I'm going to drop the pounds. But if you look at the books there's so much in there about inspiration and so much in there about setting an intention about what do you want in your life and how do you then move towards that? So in Soul Candy is really, it's kind of like that. It's dropping all of those behavior patterns that hold us back and moving forward. And, you know, as I talk to people, it's interesting and sort of, you know, at first I was sort of sheepish about it, like, oh, well, I'm launching this thing and it's called Soul Candy and I really wanted to do it for a long time. You know, it's funny how people have said, oh, well, that's funny. I really want to do this thing. And I think that you're right. The pandemic has given people in some ways the time in the space. Many of us are commuting less. So we're sort of thrashing around less. We have a little more time, perhaps. And also there's, of course, sadly, you know, there's the specter of, of tremendous illness life-altering, you know, death, which has affected a lot of people. And so we're really kind of at that cutting edge of, well, what are you here to do? You know, now is the time. And so I've known a lot of people um, who have used this time to really reflect. In fact, I just was, uh, you know, talking to somebody yesterday and their, you know, her husband is quitting his job and he's taken a severance package and he's going to focus on what is he, what, what is his passion always been? I was, you know, sort of having a long chat with another young woman. And, you know, we can always kind of, you know, job jump, you know, from one job to the next job to the next job. And she felt like, like that was always a possibility, but that she had this thing inside her that she needed to examine. So, yeah, I think that, you know, oftentimes the prompts come in different formats you know what what is the thing it could be a disaster it could be getting laid off it could be an illness it could be a divorce it could be any number of things that prompt us to listen to those calls that come from within
1: so how do you how do you navigate first of all i relate to that on so many levels and i i see it i see it with my audience i see it just looking around of just people saying now is the time to make my mark and and i feel like something has been bubbling up for years and years and years and how do i manifest this into something real and what's interesting about your soul candy is that i looked at your facebook group there are t- like tens of thousands of people that have already liked it you know i don't know if it is just something that you had put out there a while uh, a while ago or um have kind of contributed to but what form will it take I- in this new realm? Because you've oh stepped God. away from your role as editor as mindful uh, of Mindful Magazine, um, and you will still be a contributing editor. But what is what
0: form do you foresee it taking for you? First of all, Candy Gosh, you're so sweet to ask. Thank you so much. Um, I see it taking a couple of formats. So first is going to be long form in- interviews. You know, I love. Interviewing people. I mean, I would imagine that's one of the reasons your friend said, "Oh, you got we're similar." Um, I love interviewing people, and in fact, it's funny. You know, I've held many different jobs, many different companies, and people have often said that going through a job interview with me is is not really like any other job interview they've ever had because I really want to get to that place where I understand, like, who are you? Why are you here? and what are you doing and you know to me hiring people or working with people when you're when you're in that sort of like gold vein of tapping into why somebody is here then the energy that comes up out of them the energy the creativity the the like that sort of joy that people bring whether it's to a job or you know a volunteer group or anything it's it's just irrepressible and it's infectious and it just kind of it it permeates the whole organization. So, you know, figuring out and kind of, you know, tapping into, tapping into that is so essential. So long form video, just so, you know, you can take the time to let people unfold, you know, it's one is one thing. So long form video and podcasts, you know, because I can anticipate, you know, sometimes it takes a while till you get to that nugget that somebody really you know, really can reveal and people might not have, you know, the the whole period of time. So long form video podcast, which would be kind of a shortened version and a highlight. And then I would love to have practices because I think it's there's, you know, I I think I'm not like anybody, like I'm not I'm not dissimilar to other people, but you know, sometimes you have this terrible sense of envy. You know, it's like, what? Like, ugh, that person gets to do something or that person is doing something or you're hearing about like this amazing thing that this other person is doing. And it's like, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I not doing that? So in some ways, I think it's always a disservice if you don't hand people also the tools. So an essential, like core element of, of soul care has to be, providing people with insights and tools and practices so they can adopt, you know, whatever it is they need to. So, you know, one of the things I love at Mindful and anywhere I've ever worked, prevention, um, you know, National Geographic, natural health has always been providing people with really practical advice. Like here are five things you can do or here is a meditation that you can do. Because I have found... You know there are books that have changed my life. There's a there's an, actually an article that I worked on at Self Magazine, like 25 years ago that I rely on to this day. Every what book is it? Well, you know it was it was actually um, it was actually an article about a thing called Morita therapy, and it was like a like a little tiny trend. It never, I don't think it. I don't know how it if it took off in the United States or not. But there were three principles to it. And the first one was accept your feelings. And so, you know, just, you know, we all talk about it now as mindfulness or emotional awareness or emotional intelligence, but it's really being aware of what are your thoughts, what are your feelings, and just to really be aware of them so you know what's going on with you. And ideally, so you might know what's going on in your circle. So accept your feelings. Number two is know your purpose. And your purpose can be, like your your long vision purpose or it can just be what do you need to do today what is the most important thing that you can accomplish today and the other the third thing is do what needs to be done so you may not feel like making that phone call you may not feel you may be petrified of those first few steps that you've got to do but you've got to do it you know it's like mel robbins the 54321 just do it and You know, so accept your feelings, know your purpose, and do what needs to be done. And it used to be this mantra. I would walk to work when I was living in New York City. I would walk to work for about two, two and a half miles. And I would just reflect on it like, what are my feelings? What am I thinking? And oftentimes, you know, you learn from the world of mindfulness and you learn through meditation that so often we are being driven by our thoughts and our feelings and our this and our that. And we're being reactive. And it takes a while to sift through, well, okay, I'm thinking this and I'm feeling this and, this and there's this and there's this and there's this. And as you sift through those different elements, you finally kind of get to, okay, I've gnawed on those bones. I've chewed that, you know, all that riff riffraff that's in my mind. And you sift down to like, okay, all right, I'm hearing that. I'm thinking that I felt that. But really, really, what is that sort of bedrock of what do I need to do? What today or what is my priority? Let me let all that stuff filter away. Now what? That is
1: profound too. I think that's profound to kind of have – to give yourself, to allow yourself the time and space to actually feel and acknowledge your feelings, which I think people are starting to awaken to. Maybe not even, I'm sure in the mindfulness space, that is kind of, that's like 101, right? But in the world, I think there is a little more of an awakening to it. But as you talked, I started to get stuck on but what if you don't know what your purpose is? And, you know, as you wrote this 15 years ago, I mean, 15 years ago, this stuff was crazy. This was like when Gwyneth Paltrow started doing yoga and people started rolling their eyes going, what is this newfangled, you know, who does she think she is? Like, I'm a huge fan of Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop and what they've done. Um, and, you know, like she started doing macro and now everybody's doing mac- like all of all of the things that people made fun of or what are being adopted right now um, as, as uh, normalized. So as, as as I'm going through this crazy detour of a question for you, tell me, did you know what your purpose was? And I think what people struggle with now is that people are awakening to the fact that, yes, my feelings matter, and maybe I need to give some time and space. And this great pause of the pandemic has allowed people to – there's no running away – But the purpose part is, I think, where people are stuck of, okay, well, I have this hierarchical cultural norm of work for a corporate job, climb the ladder, but that doesn't feel like the way it should be anymore. And now with the internet, you can do anything. I mean, you could be a millionaire unboxing videos on YouTube, you know, unboxing crap for kids. So it's, it's, there's there's an interesting time and I wonder if I wonder what your thoughts are in this time and finding your purpose and through all of the the work that you've done not only on yourself but as an editor as a curator as an observer of the world you know what
0: what guidance would you give someone that's stuck you, there that's another million dollar question now I see why you do what you do because you ask one million dollar question after another. And you, you've zeroed in on what is so difficult. And I think, you know, the purpose question, you know, it would be so nice if we all just had one purpose. And, you know, I've often looked at people who like, you know, they know they want to be a vet or they know they want to be a doctor. And, you know, they are just like a straight, straight girl, path, right? you know, boom. And wow, life must be so simple in some ways. It's not hard. It's not to say it's not hard for them, but it's it must be simple because one of those sort of areas of massive confusion is, is clear for them. But I think for the rest of us, I think purpose is something that evolves over time. And I think that it also iterates. And, you know, you describe the scenario of somebody, you know, going in a corporate job and maybe that doesn't feel right. And I think similarly today, there are lots of people who don't go into corporate jobs and then they're like, well, I can do anything. And so that, you know, they're off on their own creating something. And, you know, both worlds have value. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like in, in some of my experience, I've had tremendous um, you know, just luck. I've been gifted with working with extraordinary leaders and people who I can learn from and just like, glean things. I remember, you know, I've watched people, leaders in meetings, and I just try to absorb how do they handle things? How do they handle conflict? How does a strong woman give direction without saying, oh, I'm sorry, and could you please do that? You know, it's like, these are extraordinary role models and you can just absorb this stuff. And similarly, you know, being off and doing something on your own entrepreneurially, you can learn a tremendous things, you know, you know, failing fast and all that other stuff. But there's something beautiful in that kind of combination of learning from others and learning and doing things on your own. But the purpose question, you know, I think that in some ways, as I sort of go through it, I think that there are so many ways to answer that. And one is I think purpose is an evolution. And, you know, it's almost like my visual for that is almost like when you imagine like somebody sailing and they they never, people don't sail ultimately in a straight course, right? If they want to get somewhere, they tacked one way, then they tacked another way, then they mm. tacked another way and they tack another way. And it's kind of this zigzaggy way. And when, you know, you look back over your shoulder, you sort of say, oh, oh, look at that. It all makes sense. Mm. Well, you know, I've gone from here and I've gone from there and I've gone from there and I I can look at my career and I can say, well, hmm." you know, and I'm still in this process of evolution, right? And I look back and I say, well, I like to, you know, solve problems and communicate solutions to people. I like to inspire people. And it's only sort of through looking at my career over time that I can sort of say, well, that's, that's a thread that runs through it. So I think, you know, in fact I was just talking to this young woman the other day and she was struggling with like, well what is her purpose? And I think sometimes what happens is we we're so solutions oriented, you know, mm-hmm. we want the we want the answer before we attempt to do the thing towards it. And oftentimes I think what has to happen is the the answer has to bubble up. We have to give it time in order for the answer to, to, to reveal itself. One of the best books I think ever written is it's like the way of the artist. So I love, I'm going back now and I'm reading all these classic books. Which one um, is that one? Is it is it, it the art, who wrote that? Do you know? I believe it's Julie Cameron and it's The Artist's Way. I think you're right, yeah. And she talks about like, you know I think it's worth just reading in fact just like the first third of the book because what she talks about is this idea of getting up in the morning and writing freehand, three pages, no editing, you know, and you, it's like, it's almost like you just have to allow all of that stuff to come up. And, you know, I've been journaling for umpteen years. And I think sometimes, you know, you you can sit there and say, well, I'm just going to reflect on it. But the process of writing it down and journaling it, is marvelous because over time you see what your themes are you're able to see oh I keep coming back to that or that keeps holding some interest for me some energy for me oh let me go towards that rather than kind of day after day mulling and saying well what's my purpose what's my purpose what's my purpose you you almost have to allow the, the feelings inside you to come to the surface to sort of say, this is what I'm drawn towards. This feels right. This feels right. And it consistently feels right. And it may be that you give yourself some time to sort of say, you know, my purpose right now is to figure out my purpose. So I'm going to give myself one month, three months, six months to just be dedicated to that. And I'm going to get up, you know, and then and then you sort of, you kind of allow yourself to know that because you know we we grow up and we ask children these ridiculous questions. Well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like you like like how is some kid going to know that? Better to say what do you enjoy doing or what problem do you want to solve or what what do you like to do? What draws you towards it? And then, you know, again, I'm like such a hack for these old books, but you know, I remember reading when I was in college, I think it was like the, what color is your parachute? And I remember one of the exercises, it was write down what you're good at, write down what you enjoy doing. And if you develop a list of these are the things that I enjoy doing, they're the things that are sort of almost effortless for you. It's like, well, I love, you know, reading, you know, catalogs for things like Yogaville and Kripalu and Omega, because I'm always interested in, well, who's talking about what? And that's the thing I'm drawn to. I can sit there and watch Iyanla fix my life for hours because it's like, what is like that? The magic of her talking to people is extraordinary. So watch those things. And even if they seem not related to your career, just watch them because this is where your energy, this is where your spirit is, is making itself evident. This and is so, so good. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Well, it's just true. Right. You know, and I think that we all struggle with it. Right. We all struggle. And I think when we're not struggling is almost when we've gotten a little dead or a little, um, you know, we're in we're too far in our comfort zone. I think and, that and then, tension,
1: too, is where yep. is where paying attention makes a huge Difference of that frustration or cognitive dissonance. And that's kind of where we are as a collective society. And right. I, I'm really curious about your writing practices. I love writers. I love people who can write and use the, the the word as a way to communicate. Um, and I I was so humbled and excited to have Seth Godin on this podcast and wow he talked about um about the practice of of writing every day. And, and one of the, I, I don't know who said this, um, but somebody did say this and I wonder if you relate to this as well. Um, but I, there's a line that says, I don't know what I think until I write it down.
0: Yes. 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 I've and I feel it. that way. Yes. And many people have said that and, and that, it, and it's so true and it's so true. And I think the process of journaling also gives you a chance to write it And to come back to it tomorrow. And sometimes I don't even read the things i read the next day, but I find that there's a, there's, I'm an editor, right? So there's a, there's a refinement, particularly if an idea really holds merit. You know, I can find sometimes I can just chew on something. Like if I'm bothered by something, or if I, there's an event or something has happened that really kind of gets under my skin, sometimes journaling about it for a couple of days, you know, sometimes you just, you know, we gnaw on these bones, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. there's something that bothers us. And sometimes writing it, or you know what I find, I like, I'm a very visual person. So sometimes I will draw the situation and I will sort of, you know, draw, oh, this is me in relation perhaps to this other person, or this is me in relation to how I'm thinking about things that ugh, I can see, like I've got this miner's lamp, you know, and my miner's lamp is just pointing to the past or I'm just pointing to like the negativity of like, like I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and I'm not pointing upwards and saying, well, I don't know what I'm doing. But that's yeah, a whole world of possibility out there. So. Yeah, I mean I think however whether it's the words that come to you that sort of help you refine and define or if you're a visual person, I think that that process of reflecting and 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 you know, I'm going to be I, I want to be clear, there's some areas here where you know people can just stew in their own stuff for a long time. And I think where that awareness becomes important. I remember I got divorced and um, boy, did I gnaw on that bone for a long time. You know, why did we get divorced? What did I do? What did he do? Where did we go wrong? Blah, blah, blah. And I needed to, you know, and I'm not, I, I needed to process that. But there came a time when I would sit down in the morning and I almost, I became aware that I had choices. And it was almost like I was sitting down in my own like I was sitting down in my chair, my kind of reflection, contemplation chair, and I had choices. I could go into the Netflix of the past. It was like my visual memory, my visual thinking, you know, like I'm sure everybody's visual thinking is so, you know, like like alive, right? So I was like, I was sitting down, I was like in my own Netflix of my brain. And it was like, well, am I going to go in the Netflix of the past and replay things? And I got kind of sick of my own, <laughs> my own ruminations. And it was like, I could see my patterns were such that I was just gnawing, gnawing on those things. And it was like, is that like the knowledge of being, feeling
1: like a victim and like taking control of that? Or do you think that's completely separate? I
0: just got sick of myself. (laughs) (laughs) I just got sick. Okay. I I get that. (laughs) You know? And I was like, ugh you know really 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 i'm just going to sit here and think about this again and i just was like i got to think new stuff I, I i i've done it you know and i've just got to like like okay been there done that it is time it's time to get to get to get to doing something new and anyway so it's it's i guess what am i saying being aware of what you're thinking and being aware, well, am I just going back to the well of those old thoughts? Or am I kind of trying to give myself the opportunity to, 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 to refresh and start something new?
1: So I'm curious about this too, because I feel, I feel uh, um, an attraction or at least a proclivity towards new ideas to new perspectives. And I'm wondering uh, what type of home were you raised in that kind of drew you there? Or where, where in your life did you start to realize that there was another way that was not maybe the traditional way? Like what, where did your curiosity move? Where was that divergence?
0: You are really good at asking these questions. Ah, I am so so (laughs) impressed. In fact, as you were saying that, I was like, I should be recording this for myself. (laughs) I I
1: I promise you it will be
0: on the podcast. You can have access to it forever. No, I'm very, (laughs) very impressed. Um, Gosh, it's so flattering too. Wow. What a flattering question. My goodness. Um, Well,
1: you you wonder about like growing up in a home, some people's homes are culturally, I, I, I assume, you know, growing up in a I grew up in a, a home that was traditional and, you know, work for a job, get the gold watch, you know, you only stay at one job, that kind of thing. And that that's kind of what society dictated. And and now we know it's completely different. But I wonder where where did that crossroads come for you? Because it's obvious that you have spent your entire life chasing a new perspective and sharing and spotlighting a new perspective, new ways, new ideas, ways to be healthier with a wellness perspective um, or through a wellness lens of, of, I think you have something called a healthy, healthy mind, healthy, there's some tagline that you have.
0: What is it called? Oh, I think with mindful, it was, um, well, making time for what matters, but it was also like healthy mind, healthy something. Isn't that terrible? I can't remember it. I (laughs) thought it was yours, but whatever. (laughs) It's it's obviously very good. Um, But yeah,
1: I, I, I think that if everything can start with a healthy mind, I think people, you know, look at, can I, can I just get skinny? Can I just look skinny? Can I, um, or even if that's you know, can I just get through today? Um, and what does that mean? So I think as, as mental health is being normalized a little more, where did that crossroads come for you?
0: That's a great question. And I, you know, on the one hand, Gee, you know, I think I think we all grow up with a mixture, I would assume, of kind of like the positives and the negatives. And I feel like on the positive side of kind of what was I exposed to, you know, my mother was my mother was amazing um, in in many, many ways. She was I always think of like she gave me the adventure gene, the adventure gene and in some ways the ambition gene. And, you know, she just told extraordinary stories when I was a kid um, of just doing amazing things. You know, I won't, you know, she, we grew up hearing stories about how she and her, you know, best friend, they were on vacation and this sort of like, they were just these two average young women, you know, from New York, they were going on a week's vacation and this, extraordinarily beautiful yacht pulled up uh, you know and these guys said hey would you like to go you know see the yacht they were like well yeah sure why not and the next thing they knew these guys who were it was a it was a winter they were wintering the boat meaning they had to like get it from one place to the next and they were going to go on like a six-week cruise that in order to transport this beautiful yacht that turns out it was from the Forbes family it was just these young guys that was their job um To do it. And they said, Hey, would you like to go with us? And my mother said, Yes. And she, you know, and this was in like, I must have been in the 40s. And so that was the story of the black duck. And it was this Forbes yacht, and she got on it. And they went from Block Island, and she called her boss in New York. She worked at J. Walter Thompson in advertising and said, You know, would you mind if I extended my vacation from like a week to two weeks? Eventually, she extended her vacation for like six or eight weeks. She wound up going from Block Island all the way up to um to Nova Scotia. And you know, just having that sense of adventure, that sense of possibility, that sense that, and I've taught my kids it and they they could say it in a chorus. When opportunity knocks, answer the door with enthusiasm. You know, when opportunity knocks, say yes, say yes, you know, because. You, you it's like, right? Like life is what you make it. My mother had these wonderful phrases. You know, life is the sum of experiences. So you've got to go out and experience. And, you know, growing up kind of with that sort of that wind at your back, like just give it a try. You know, I will love to phrase the other phrase, I'll tell you all of them. But there are just another one that I thought was brilliant. And I've said it many, many times since then. It's like moving vans go both ways. And it's like you can try things, maybe they will work out, maybe they won't, but just try, you know, so there was that. And, and just this wondrous sense of, you know, the world has, you know, these amazing things to offer. So just go out and experience them. And, you know, and and I just, you know, and, and there was that. And then also, I just felt like, you know, the, the world, I just wanted to go try things, you know, and, 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 you know, there were other sort of on the negative sides, you know, I grew up in another, you know, on the other hand, you know, I grew up in a house, there was a lot of yelling, and and awful things that happened. And I loved being outside of my house as well, you know, because you never knew when a big argument was going to break out. So I was the kid who joined every single club, I was president of my class, I was on the rowing team. And I loved being outside of my home, because, you know nobody was I wasn't gonna get yelled at nobody else was going to get yelled at and it was it was a great way to just expose myself to things so you know it wasn't all roses, but it wasn't all bad either. you know I love your mother she sounds awesome <laughs> she was pretty awesome she was she had some really fantastic aspects to her um she could also be pretty terrifying um right, as well right but yeah.
1: I love all those stories too. I think, I think what's interesting is some, is you're, you're kind of unfolding this story. I think about something that is deeply, deeply embedded in me of what is my legacy going to be. And I see the legacy being passed through you being passed through your kids to, Um, and also through your work and, and I'm wondering uh, as you, as you unfold soul candy, what is your hope for impact? So you're doing these long form interviews, you're doing these podcasts, you want to unfold. It sounds like you want to share these the, the real truth, the essence of what makes people amazing, what makes people tick, what makes people joyful and, and have that infectiousness. What is your hope for
0: impact? It's exactly that. You've said it so beautifully. I mean, my hope, you know, have you ever had those podcasts where you listen to them? Gosh, I'm getting goosebumps. Where you listen to them and then you just share them and you think, oh, this changed my life. Or, Or you then are prompted to pick up a book by that person and you think, oh, how could I have ever lived without having this? read this? And I'm reading a book right now and it's like 20 years old and it's on boundaries and it's by Dr. I don't know Harvey Chad or something or other and it's like how could I have ever lived without knowing these definitions of boundaries and so in some ways it's it's kind of like that I just I want it to be this magnet where people come and they're drawn and they just they take what whatever message they kind of needed to hear at that moment and then they just go forth you know, and that hopefully they come back and get something else and share it with their friends. But, you know, it's just, it's just to be a watering hole where, you know, amazing sort of things and inspiration transpires. That's, Mm. that's sort of my, my desire. That's my gift. You know, I, I would love to be able to put something out there like that, that's free, that's accessible, that's inspiring. And, um, And just helps people illuminate, you know, just one step, one step, one step. Because, you know, I think so often we feel so isolated. You know, one of the reasons I also started Soul Candy and purely really the reason was I was in a very kind of desperate time in my life. And I felt very scared. I was I really felt scared, struggling and alone. And I remember thinking I can't be the only person who feels this way you know, I can't be the only person in this space of darkness. And, and, you know, I've had the tremendous luck of being able to bring all these resources together. What if I could bring resources together that could help people who are in that kind of scared, struggling and alone feeling, you know, and sort of just, just to be able to radiate, you know, you're not alone, you know, that there are, There is one more step, one more step, one more step that you can take. That's, that's my gift. And that's that's what I'd like to give.
1: I think the one more step thing, I think that's where people get tripped up because people get tripped up with, okay, I have the end goal in mind. How, how do I cram
0: everything I can? But all it is, is one step. Would you agree? Totally. One trillion percent agree. And, you know, it's one step, one step, one step. And the beauty of one step is you can get, you can take that step and then you can pause and you can reflect and sort of say, what now? What feels right now? What feels most right now? And, you know, again, it's like, that's how you then just tick tack your way across, mm-hmm. you know? And, and Yeah. And, and, and that we're, we're made for relationship, you know, we're made to be able to connect with others. And sometimes the way you connect with others is just listening and hearing another voice that sort of says, yeah, I've been there. I've been somewhere similar and just try this, just try this. You know, that
1: is the beauty of podcasting because it is so intimate you know, yeah. you start to develop a relationship with the host or with the guest and you you start to hear your story or you start to hear your story unfold somewhere else. And one of the the North Stars, at least for me, has always been if I'm in a funk, if I'm in a place, I'm always like, OK, if I'm feeling this way, I'm not the only one. How do I broadcast this out and, you know, kind of shine a light or at least yes. um, extend a branch to somebody that it's going to be OK? And yes. uh and you're not
0: yes. alone. Yes, 100%. And you know that you can extend the branch and you can also validate that these dark places exist for all of us. Because I think oftentimes, you know, we, we for whatever reason, we want to project, oh, everything's all bright and shiny. Yes, things are working out wonderfully. Look how great everything is. And, you know, everything's not always great, you know? And to be able to acknowledge that and to say, yeah. You know, there are times where, you know, I feel lonely, I'm struggling, I'm utterly at wit's end. And, you know, that, that, you know, not just like, oh, this too shall pass. But this is this is how I've dealt with it. And I feel like it's so important to be able to share that and and to acknowledge it, because otherwise, we're all just trying to we're projecting this sort of fakey fakey hey it's everything's great everything's great how great is it for you and that we're perpetuating this myth that everything is great and everything's not great no all the time
1: and i think even now too you know one of the reasons why i immediate, so the immediate thought i had when my girlfriend sent me your message and said she writes like you and coming from mindful magazine um something i've never i've never read before um and one of the things that I personally struggle with, and I I think that my podcast is really just one long therapy session for myself of just stuff I'm curious about and, and interested yes. in and interesting problems I'd love to help solve with some people that are doing um, really incredible things in the space. And so a couple of years ago, I decided... I'm going to learn transcendental meditation. So I spent all this money and, and kind of did this practice and I have my, my mantra or my, uh, my word and, um, and I hated it. I hated every minute. Like I would sit for 20 minutes and I felt like I was going insane. And so for somebody that's, that's been in the space of mindfulness of, you know, you've been a yoga instructor in the past, at least according to LinkedIn, Um, you know, so, so, I, I I feel like, you know, that which you resist persists, persists that right. this is probably an area that I need to spend time in because I don't, other than, um, you know, I I follow my breath for 10 breaths in the morning. What would be your advice for me
0: <laughs> and other people who may struggle with chilling the F out? <laughs> yeah. Well, number one is listen to yourself. because you, And I love the fact that you tried TM and then it didn't work and that's the most important thing that you can listen to is it didn't work for you and you know maybe I not that, in this time
1: maybe some other but, time it
0: would you know it's 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 kind of like yoga right there are so many different kinds of yoga and so many different kinds of yoga teachers it's almost like going and buying shoes and if you tried on one pair of shoes and you're like wait i don't like shoes it's like well no wait a second there are so many different kinds of shoes you can get you know shoes with heels shoes with soft heels shoes with this shoes with that it's like you wouldn't go and say well i don't like shoes anymore or like if you go to a really hard yoga class or whatever you've got to find what feels right to you And TM, some people love TM, some people just, you know, transcendental meditation, some people love it for them. It's just like, "Mm." and, you know, I think it's funny, I started getting into meditation, I don't know, seven years ago, really, really practicing it, like actively practicing it, because I went to this Deepak Chopra thing. And we did it five times a day for a week. And, you know, we sat on the floor, and we had a word and we went through this whole process, it was all really organized. And I and I loved it when I was there doing it five, you know, five times a day for five days. It was like, this is great. I had no job. I was on vacation, blah, blah, blah. It was great. Right. Well, I came home and slowly I gravitated from sitting on the floor, which was kind of cold, to sitting in a chair. Pretty soon I started gravitating towards while I have my coffee. Who meditates with coffee? I do. you know, <laughs> and pretty soon it's like I, you know this whole thing sometimes you hear about in mindfulness where you know the thoughts come in and you dismiss them. Well, sometimes I have found that the thoughts come in and that's the only time of day that I have to think about those thoughts. So I get up really early, and I, I have a my meditation, and I put that in air quotes practice, is more meditation, contemplation, reflection, and prayer. So for you know, and that's because that's mutated to that over time. So I might have a cup of coffee and I sort of begin by opening myself up to what are the thoughts, like what, what am I feeling? What are my thoughts? And I allow myself to sort of think through them. And it's almost like organizing my sock drawer. Cause then once I kind of organize those thoughts and been like, well, you know, <laughs> and then I'm able to do it, then I can go into kind of a more quiet contemplative space and be like, well, let me listen to, you know, again, that sifting that we talked about earlier. But, you know, I think that it's, it's really hard for people to go from 90 miles an hour in their day to sort of like, oh, well, let me, oh, now I have 20 minutes of meditation. I must like sit down and start to dismiss my thoughts. Yeah, that's how I felt. I had a hard time chilling. It's just I I think it's I think you I I think the idea of saying I'm going to do 20 minutes of something that brings me peace and relaxation is is a nicer way to open the doors of possibility, because that might be let me go for a walk, let me water the plants, let me sit outside, let me pet my cat let me do a little yoga, let me stretch, let me read, let me have a cup of tea, let me space out looking out of the window. Like what gives you that sense that, you know, I love Louise Hay. She talks about prosperity and that feeling of you can be prosperous in time, you can be prosperous in wisdom, you can be prosperous in all these different ways. What gives you that feeling of peace what gives you that feeling of i'm tending to myself i'm taking care of me you know what gives you that feeling and it may be tm but it may be a lot of other things so you know and maybe there'll be a time in your life well you know that tm really feels right let me bring it back Mm -hmm. or it may just be like you know check that box wasn't the right thing so just give yourself the freedom to experiment. But the most important thing is giving yourself that, that time to just find what that thing is. These are all so wise.
1: So what do you, (laughs) what do you know that you wish other people could know?
0: Mm. You know, what do I wish? That's another, wow. Another good question. Um, You know, I think that I spent so long chasing, you know, chasing, thinking that if I worked hard enough, or, you know, it's such cliches, you know, like, 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 I felt like I always had this hole in myself, you know, like that I was going to feel better if I could fill that hole, mm. you know, with the right titles or the right job or the right money or the right clothes or the right this or the right that. And that, you know, instead of trying to run away or fill the hole, just allow, um, allow myself to feel that and sort of go into the place rather than running away from it, Mm. you know, and that's, that's brought me so much more peace because that when you start to examine, well, what's inside, you know, another book, I, again, I, I love these classic books and there's a reason why they're classics is, um, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, because he does this extraordinary description of the mind and like, you know, the, the monkey mind that we call it. Mm -hmm. And he also talks about getting to this place where you start to sense this presence. And I feel like that's, you know, allowing yourself to develop a practice where you start to feel you know this sort of sense of presence or other or universe or God, whatever you want to talk about, like starting to tap into that—that's an amazing, delicious journey. So, mm-hmm. highly recommend that. I love that. What? Um, how can people find you, Anne? Oh my goodness! Thank you so much. What a beautiful question. Uh, you know, Soul Candy—that is really where I'm putting my time and effort and energy. So, anybody could just go soulcandy.com, sign up newsletter and then that way once i start to upload these long form videos and podcasts they will just be the the recipient of those and then also once i launch the site a little more in depth site there's also an area there where you can share your story with me cuz i would love oh, i love to hear that from those stories absolutely cuz you know i don't want to just be like emanating things out from soul candy it's really a relationship so absolutely anybody who wants to write to me can also write to me at an At soulcandy.com. So I love that. Yeah. Thank you. And this
1: was so exciting. I love this. I feel like I am taking tons of notes (laughs) and I just got, um, you know, answers to life's biggest questions. So thank you.
0: You are just a beautiful, (laughs) beautiful podcaster. You have such a presence about you and you ask such great questions. So I'm going to virtually hug you. I'm v- virtual really hug COVID. right back. This is totally COVID, um, you know, <laughs> COVID same. friendly. Right? Oh my gosh! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank oh, you pleasure. for the work that you're doing. Thank you for asking such beautiful questions, and thank you for just allowing me an opportunity. I I'm just really, oh really. My God, really, really and
1: I'm so excited. You said yes.
0: I didn't know if I'd ever get
1: to you um, because it was like shrouded in, in uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're very sweet. Well, thank you very much. I'm so glad we aligned. It's going to be awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Man, I felt like Anne was a kindred spirit and so, so interesting and insightful. One thing I'm learning is that finding your purpose is almost never a lightning bolt like you see in the movies, but it is a journey. So if you're in one of those dips right now and trying to dig out and thinking, is this ever going to end? I so get it. Maybe the acknowledgement that it is a process will help you know that one day soon, it will all just click and you'll know why. I've linked Anna in Alexandra's info as well as my own in the show notes. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. I'm going